What's up, everybody? Just want to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Jungle Television. Jungle Television is creating gourmet art and streetwear drawn and screen printed by hand here in Portland, Oregon. And uh, this dude, Alex, is making some of my favorite art. And uh, I have a bunch of Jungle Television t-shirts. They are heavy in my rotation and just always blown away by the things that he is making. The Mushroom Hunter jackets are some of my favorites. Those are really dope. But yeah, if you need jackets, shirts, hats, just prints, very cool prints, um, hit this dude up. The Jungle Television link will be in the episode notes along with the Instagram tag. And if you use the code DCP at checkout, you'll get 20% off of your next order. So take advantage of that. Check out the uh, the Jungle Television Instagram, Cruise Alex's Designs. Um, they're very, very dope. And next level, appreciate his support and sponsorship of this thing. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome to the Dan Campbell Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so, and that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts, giving it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast, and just a great way to contribute to the sustainability of this thing. I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do it. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for just being being with me with this thing. 219 episodes deep. We've got Marcus McCauley on the show today and uh, excited to share this conversation that I had with Marcus about his new record, No One Cares and uh where he comes from and his his musical journey a bit so we will tap into that momentarily i want to encourage you to check out the dan cable presents youtube channel which features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances especially if you dig the music on this particular episode because there are quite a few hip-hop rap and r&b performances on the on the channel so definitely encourage you to check out the some aliens videos the Boca and dante thomas videos the blossom videos there's karma rivera tons of uh mike fontaine one of my per- favorite performers in the city lots of videos with that dude so definitely check into the youtube channel give it a subscribe if you're feeling it and uh, then you will get the notifications about the uh, the new videos hitting the feed 
there. Other than that, you can follow me at Dan Cable Presents on Instagram and at Dan Cable on Twitter. I'll put all the links in the episode notes for not only for myself, but for, for Marcus as well. And Vortex Music Magazine, who's a big supporter of this podcast, a Portland publication that uh, I feel fortunate to have the opportunity to collaborate with on a regular basis. So the links for that will be there as well. Hope you've been enjoying all the other programming that's been coming through in the feed, the No Justice, No Peace series. There's a few volumes of that. Really been digging doing that project, and that will that will continue on. Definitely more volumes of it coming at you, working on those. And I Dig Records is also in the feed. There's like five episodes of that now. We just recorded another one the other day, so look out for uh, volume six coming at you very soon. And definitely encourage you to check out the last couple uh regular episodes of this thing 218 with some aliens such a fun hang with them and uh 217 with high pulp uh two really great chats just about collaboration and uh just just fun hangs with with both of those groups so (coughs) check those out as well and uh what else what else if you're feeling real wild I do this Bible Buds podcast with my buddy Andrew. We've been doing that the last few months. We're we're 20 episodes deep or so, and uh, we just get we get pretty baked. We get pretty buttered, and we uh, we've been chatting with people about their experiences growing up in in religious households and uh, how that's kind of like shaped their lives and whether they identify with it now and just kind of how their spirituality has has evolved or fallen off and and that's been really cool neither neither andrew or i neither andrew or i identify as christian or with any other organized religion but uh we're we're definitely spiritually curious i guess and uh we we've been really enjoying those conversations so i'll put the bible buds link in the episode notes as well if you want to check those out Lots of things going on. Lots of programming coming at you. And uh, I hope everybody is doing all right out there. I know that the the world is an overwhelming place right now. So I hope you can slip away for an hour or an hour and a half and, and just enjoy the music of Marcus McCauley and um, the chat that I had with this dude. It was our first time hanging out and... It was cool, man. We just met up at a park. It was a super nice day here in Portland. Hung out at the park, burned a couple down, and uh, got to know each other a bit. So thank you, Marcus, for doing the thing. Really appreciate you. And I think this record is really great that Marcus just put out. It's called No One Cares. It's his debut record and such a well-put-together album for a first release. And I think you can really tell the care that was put into the, the production and the, the presentation of this thing, for sure. It's just really dope. And uh, believe the hype about Marcus McCauley and, and uh, the love he's getting for this record because it's, it's killer, and I'm excited to, to share some of it with you 
on this episode of the podcast. Don't forget to leave your iTunes reviews. I cannot stress the importance of that enough in just kind of growing this show and, and getting more exposure for the artists that come on to, to share their stories and their music. And we're going to get into some music right now. We're going to get into episode 219. I want to give uh, a shout to Alex Rubino, who uh, who directed and edited Marcus's most recent video, which is the, the song we're going to kick it off with, which is called Antisocial. It's the first track on No One Cares. But I uh, just want to give a shout to Alex for not only for his, his great work on, on the video for Antisocial, but just for taking the time to try to connect Marcus and I so that we could uh, we could do this chat. It's very cool when, uh, when people take the time to uh, try to connect one another. So much appreciation for Alex and, and his work. You should definitely check out um, the videos that he has done in the past as well as this new one for Marcus. And I will put his link in the episode notes as well. And because I really want you to uh, get a feel for this record and how good it is, I'm going to go ahead and just play the, the follow-up track to Antisocial as well, which is called Peer Pressure, just because it's, uh, it flows so nicely from that first track into the second. So I'm going to let that one roll as well. And we're going to get into episode 219. Marcus McCauley on the show. Kicking it off with Antisocial. Let's do the damn thing. Nice to meet you. My expression see-through. Trying to hide everything we do. Everybody working for E! News. I gossip trying to keep cool. They talk, talk, but he knew. Eyes on walls and all four corners of the room. Tired of being tired of things. Anxiety way higher than me. A product of rice, aroni, fried bologna. Face to shave, but no pop pop to show me. My mama, when they had to do all that on the lonely. And didn't forget to turn around for Madame Zeroni. Fuck him a call, Tyrone foe, he phony. I pack it all up and move it to the road to Coney. And if I got a man, I'll do it all on my lonely. I need me something brand new, so fuck you and you. Now all the you niggas are free. Game keep saying you change, just stayed in my lane. I found. Anybody off? Maybe it's all inside of my head. I'm praying it's all inside of my head. Thought so woke, I hardly rest. Get up and do it over again. Why should I work for another man when I'm the man? Catch up and quicksand. I'm not a fan. Fuck trying to pick and choose. I need me something brand new. Fuck you and you. Now all of you niggas owe me money. Game keeps saying you change. Just stayed in my lane. I found my face. King mess my day. Can we all just get along? Put in the face, my long gosh. Won't let it fuck my whole day up. I think my direct on you tonight, that might be a problem. 
up living in my head, hard to get out of my bed, out of control of my face, mad at the world till I'm dead. This ain't a joke to me, nigga, I'm dead, yo, yo, why am I this way? I ain't crazy, I just probably know who you are, y'all. Make me feel so out of pocket, can't play along, I think it's cause you barely hardly know who you are, don't need you. I had to stop being so afraid, go live my truth, please get out my way. Those friends I thought were my friends really ain't, don't need you. Got them to fuck. Marcus, you ready to ready to jump into this thing, man? I'm ready, man. Cool. I'm, I'm ready, ready. I'm stoked to chat with you, dude. I've been diving into your your music heavy, and I'm like really impressed with the with what you're putting out and just Shit. the the overall presence of it. Man, thank you. That um that truly makes my heart feel full. Seriously, uh, it's been a long time coming, man. Just to develop into this point you know, as a musician and to hear that from somebody like you who speaks to a lot of musicians, I'm sure means a lot. So thank you, man. Yeah, Seriously. absolutely. It's, uh, it's real, man. I think that, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. I definitely want to dive into no one cares, which is your debut record that's available for people to check out right now. And I'll make sure all the, the links are in the episode notes so they can tune into all the, the music that I'm going to feature on this episode. But 
I feel like just getting before I even had the opportunity to have this conversation with you, when I listen to your music and I see um, the aesthetic of everything, um, the album cover, your videos, uh, I feel like I get this impression that there's just a lot of thought behind what you're doing, dude. Oh, man. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot of thought behind almost everything I do. It's a blessing and a curse. I'm a, I don't like to admit it, but I'm a deep thinker. I, I think it shows. I showed myself that I am, you know, I've always known I was, but I've always tried to turn the, like, you know, turn the term, term, turn the term away from myself, you know, but I'm definitely a, a deep thinker, I guess. I, I think a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think that your your music represents this, this really cool balance um, amongst your deep thought. I think that right now at least you're creating this music that is is palatable for not only someone that's like a music head and can kind of catch all the little nuances in it but also for like a general listener <laughs> there are a lot of hooky moments to fall in love with as well so i think the balance that you're creating there is like really nice and kind of like opens your 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 audience up i think by mm. doing that whether it's conscious or not conscious yeah yeah i'm glad you fuck with it man yeah absolutely <laughs> um but fuck i know you're you're from here from portland oregon born and raised north portland oregon okay uh yeah born and raised yeah talk to me just before we get into where where you're at now i'd love to like just kind of you know piece things together so talk to me about okay growing up in portland oregon and and kind of when you catch the the music bug and when that infects your life okay so born in Portland, Oregon, um, uh, had one older sister, uh, just with my mom, uh, for probably the first half of my life, she had a man in her life. That was my stepfather. His name was Bill. Uh, I kind of got to give it up to him a little bit, uh, on the hip hop side of things, just kind of getting me involved with music, you know, just getting me CDs for Christmas. I mean, he was in my life all the way up until I was like, probably 13, 14 years old. And, uh, yeah, so North Portland just lived in, uh, you know, kind of a, kind of a, uh, not the best neighborhood, not the worst neighborhood. We lived on uh, North Winchell Street uh, over there by Kenton Park. I actually went to Kenton Elementary School, okay. which is now De La Soul. Um, then moved over to Campbell Street, uh, which is right up the street. Then went to Ockley Green uh, for middle school. And then uh, from that point, uh, you know, my mom and my stepdad kind of split up. We kind of just lived all over the place from fucking, you know, 72nd and Fremont all the way from to, you know, back to my grandma's house on 39th to Belmont, all the way from just living behind the bowling alley on interstate, interstate lanes across the street from Ockley. So, you know, after, you know, after they split up, we were kind of all over the place, but for the most part, just in North Portland. But um Really got involved, you know, my stepdad gave me CDs on Christmas, and it was one Christmas he got me uh, a Kanye West album. Uh, I think it was either the late registration or college dropout. I can't remember. Either, whichever one it was, I was obsessed. And from that point, I kind of just would write lyrics down to my favorite songs and just would just obsess over dope lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Before... Bill started giving you CDs. Were you kind of on your own, developing your own taste for music and a, and a collection of 
things? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I, 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 I had a lot of friends, you know, I was the type of friend that would go to my friends' houses and, uh, you know, I had friends of all walks of life. I had white friends, black friends, Mexican friends, you know, Middle Eastern friends. Like I would go to their houses and we'd listen to certain music like, uh, one of my best friends, Nathan Nichols, growing up, I'd go over there and we'd listen to. I was talking too loud, huh? No, you're good. Oh, okay, cool. All right, for sure, for sure. I'd go over there and we'd listen to, you know, he he was a single child, so you know his dad would kind of get him whatever he'd want. So I'd be like, hey, tell your dad to get this CD and this CD <laughs> and this CD, and eventually it would just be a thing. He would just come back and be like, hey, this was at Freddy's. We got this. And it'd be CDs like Rob Zombie and like uh, Now, Now Five and yeah, shit. Yeah, dude, you know? like just everything that was like a real mainstream. <laughs> that was popping, yeah. That was going off, like, yeah, all the corn. And all the, the corn, <laughs> Limp right. Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Uh, uh, what is it, the band? Uh, uh, why can't I remember this? Gwen Stefani and them. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, and all that. while all that's happening amongst that and, like, the Linkin Parks, like, destiny's child is like yes real hard and like all the boy band shit is happening amongst all that it was man the late 90s early 2000s is is such a weird all of it (laughs) so much melody but but you know that that's that's what i was into i didn't care what genre of music it was i remember being in the car with my sister and my stepdad going to the store and me singing like an r&b song on the radio and it was a girl and my sister being like you can't sing that that's a girl and my stepdad being like yeah you can like it was a guy who probably wrote the song that blew my mind and ever since then it just solidified my want to listen to music outside of what i was quote unquote supposed to listen to being a black boy in North Portland, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're supposed to listen to Mac Dre, and you're supposed to listen to 50 Cent, and I listened to all of them, but they were just mixed in with All-American Rejects and, you know, fucking anything. Listen to all, like, the pop punk and all the emo shit, too. Yeah, all of it. All Hell of yeah, it. dude. I, I, I love that, because that, that's kind of that's my upbringing is that I have all these different friends from different backgrounds and I end up listening to to music from all genres and my I think that like my record collection and my current collection of music like still represents this you so know it's far. like it's like I'm having you on and then next week I might have some like real low key singer songwriter on yeah. or something you know cuz I just like I love it all right and I'm glad you said something about records records is a whole nother thing like you know growing up i mean you said you wanted to get from 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 where you know from where i am to here now records was a whole nother thing like uh getting into like the marvin gaze and the and all that other shit i kind of got into that when i started to make beats uh because i when i first started to make beats my homie anton fresco and uh bryce lang those were the dudes who really taught me how i'm sure you know who they are through the grapevine they used to come over to my mom's house we'd smoke weed you know they'd have their laptops they'd be on fl making beats and i was like yo show me how for sure you're friends with like sir then too sir and i yep 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 i've had had him on the the podcast we know of each other but we're friend. We have mutual friends with the same people to the point to where we feel like we know each other. So yeah, that is my dude. Okay, All right. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. When does it go from you know, just starting to develop your own taste and collecting music? Bill's hitting you with CDs, but when does it occur to you that that you can kind of start participating hmm. in music? Um, 
maybe outside like getting like the Kanye record is that that's when you kind of start really writing I'm writing records um I'm, I mean well not writing my records but listening to late and you know just being so infatuated with what he's saying that I'm writing the lyrics down and in my mind I mean I, I can even you know say faithfully now that I probably wasn't even writing the real lyrics down. I was just writing them down so I could recite them along with the song and feel good about it because it, it it just felt so good to listen to. And here's another thing. My stepbrother is uh, Lamar Porter, Marty McFly. Marty, you know him, right? Well, he's, he's in the city somehow, you know. He was putting out music when I was probably like 12, 13, and uh, he put out a song uh, I forgot with who, but my mom had had it in the car because my stepdad had the CD. And I remember listening to it and being like, whoa, that's tight. And even then, I still remember my stepdad even taking me to a studio when I was like 12 and 13 just to show me what they were doing. My stepdad was even making music with, and you might know this dude too, Crispy Hendrix. Uh, I don't. Well, he's in the town too. He's doing his thing. Like but old school Portland yeah, dude? Yeah, old okay. school Portland I've been dude. here like seven, eight years Okay, and okay. I know, like, some of the history. Like, I was going to ask you if, you know, coming up, if groups like, like, G-ism, like, what Cool Nuts did early on, like, is that stuff that you were aware of, like, growing up? I or wasn't like aware. Like, the Portland rappers? I wasn't aware of it, but I know that my stepdad and Crispy Hendrick was at the, which at the time, we called him Monkey Mike. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I guess I'm putting you on game right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for the uh, education. Right, yeah, yeah. So, um... <laughs> Yeah, just just being young, uh, hearing my stepbrother on a track, my stepdad saying, you know, he's trying to do his music thing with Monkey Mike at the time, and they took me over there, and I remember being young and trying to, like, spit even then, you know, and trying to rap, and that was my first experience of even just knowing that, you know, sonically, this is what it takes to, you know, this is, you have to do this physically to make this music. Like, you're recording your voice here, and I'll be able to hear it on a tape, like, that's, or a CD. Like, that shit just blew my mind. And I was like, okay, cool, I can do this. Yeah. So from that point on, I started to try to write my own lyrics, really. Yeah, it makes it, like, a, a tangible thing when you see other people doing it. Yeah. Like that's, like, such a powerful thing, especially when you're, like, a younger person. Yeah, man. I remember going to like a battle of the bands when I was like eight or nine years old that I went to Word. with a friend because our other friend was already playing like guitar in a band when he was 11 or 12. You what know, the like fuck? one of these <laughs> one of these young kids that just picks up an instrument. We went to this battle of the bands and I saw all these young kids and, you know, early teenagers playing all this music and mostly like cover music at the time because it's, you know, junior high kids in this battle of the bands and shit. But yeah. I just remember seeing that it's like, whoa, you can do that. You know, like that's a thing you can do. Like people my age are doing it. People I know are doing it. Like once you see that, I think it makes it like such a more a, a, of an achievable thing. You know? Exactly. It's hard to get out of your, your mind once you, once you see other people are doing it. If, right. if you have that desire in you. Exactly. And I just, I just knew I just knew in my head that I could do that shit. And I don't know. I just started trying to write my own lyrics. Dude, I wonder I wonder how <clears throat> I mean writing out those lyrics whether or not you had them correctly or not. I think that like must have had some sort of influence on like how you wrote your own lyrics. Maybe the pockets. The yeah. The 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 cadence definitely. Dude. 
Fuck yeah, I fuck I fuck heavy with the pockets that that you find in the, in the music. I have that written in my notes that <laughs> like <Thank> you. <laughs> that's one of the things that I really love about your music are those like deep pockets that you find and yeah, just the the turns of phrase on your delivery, mm. how you get to bar to bar, piece to piece is is uh yeah, there's some there's some cool shit in there, like the Thank words you. that you choose to like hang on to and and lead into the next bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got you've got a cool like I think a, a unique way of of delivering things like that. And I know, well, Emmett, we did that that recent piece on you, and and they kind of gave you that uh, what they say like your Anderson pack. If uh, I had nothing to do with that, it's okay. It's if, okay. Let me just say that on file. I mean, I, I didn't. Th- I didn't think it was a terrible <laughs> reference. To it was. It you wasn't know? bad. But like, they said like, if if Anderson Pack went into isolation before it was mandatory or something. Yeah. Like this record would come out, and uh, I definitely, I think I feel like I get more like some Kid Cudi vibes out of what you do here and there. Thank you. Um, especially you know with some of the content that you touch upon, but. I think overall, like, I get this real, like, I get a, a unique thing out of it. You know, I feel like it's very much, like, yours and not just some, I don't know. It's not just some, like, recycled thing from other artists. Like, your influences uh-huh. come through, <laughs> and I love when people's influences come through, but it feels like your thing. Thank you. I'm I'm big on that. I'm big on originality, for sure. I I strive to go away from what's popular you know what i mean like it has to fit into what i like i like some shit that's popular but but it it definitely has to i have to have my chemical x on it you know what i mean yeah oh and but you also did at one time you know like really appreciate the popular music so i I, so that must be like i'm assuming that's part of your creative process too and like what you are putting together because you do you know, you're not abandoning pop music 100% or, like, saying that everything is trash. You're just like, this is what I like, and some of it bleeds into some of the, you know, the more obscure textures that you throw on things, which give it, like, its character and whatnot. I like how I, I, you're really good at this. I, I, I <laughs> like how you're putting all this shit together. I appreciate like it. I, perfectly. I, mean, I, I can do it sometimes when, I, when I, you know, when I actually pay it, like, when I, when I have the time to listen like i to to the records and stuff you know yeah. and it's it gives makes it a little easier to like talk about it cuz i literally the last two days especially today heavy you know just re- i've listened to your records so many times today you know just kind of <laughs> in different forms too like some of it was at work and then some of it was when i got home and sat on the couch and you know put together that first joint of the day and yeah. uh, you know just really Having the headphone experience, I think, is is really cool for a record like this with so many textures and everything that you put on it. But so, do you like after you know, kind of? It's like I feel down, like I feel like you got me figured out. It's like the jig is up. He's like, it's like <laughs> no, your own no, sound. No, you just, fuck, it's like Dan. You, I, you just wait and watch. <laughs> you just wait. Oh, yeah, dude, I. I don't know. I was just I was hooked in right away with antisocial and we'll get into like the content of that. But before we get into that stuff, just as far like take me through the evolution a little bit, because you start writing down other people's lyrics. But when does it get to the point where you're like, 
man, I just like really want like I really enjoy this avenue of expressing my my own words through my lyrics. I think it was when I it was probably middle school when I started playing football. Um, my mom would drive me to practice all the time, and we would go over there uh, uh, off of MLK and Killingsworth to the DVD Music Man, and we'd buy like you know all the new CDs that just came out, and I'm talking about like the new Dem Franchise Boys CD and like all the new Lil Wayne, mainly just Wayne. Wayne, 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 Wayne. Me and my sister loved Lil Wayne. So did my mom. And uh, we would just, we, we would just fucking on the way to practice, Wayne on the way from practice, Wayne every Saturday morning on the way to the games, Wayne every time we were in the car, Wayne. So I think more so than uh, writing the Kanye you know, lyrics down to what I thought they were. It was it, what really had a, a big fucking influence on me was Lil Wayne, no lie. Fucking all the droughts, all all, all of it, all, all, all everything he was doing when I was in middle school, that was really who had an impression on me. And I think that's what really made me want to transition from just writing, you know, rhymes down to writing shit down that was actually fucking cool. You know, what I mean, really focusing on bars, really focusing on conveying certain shit with metaphors and similes, you know, you know, putting putting my little spin on it, though. At, at that point, are you more trying to figure out that end rather than being super like confessional about what you're doing? Like with your thoughts, yeah, yeah. Are you more like just kind of learning the craft of like these words sound cool together and these metaphors, you know? I was just trying to be tight. Like I was just saying, it. I wasn't really applying my life to what I was saying. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to say cool shit. Like I remember the first, I, I remember the first bar that I wrote. I said, "My flow good like Tampico." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I was just trying to rap. Like you know, you listen to a Wayne song. He's ra he's literally rapping about rapping. He's rapping about nothing on every single song, and that's what makes it so cool. Because he he, you know, he could do he could do that rap about nothing a million times in a million different ways, and it would still be fucking cool. You know what I mean? Like till this day, I still feel like there's nobody fucking with Wayne. I mean, there there are, but in certain ways. You know what I mean? He's little he's little fucking Wayne for sure. He made a huge <laughs> impact on on rap period um does Good. that does that stuff still hold up for you real heavy i mean as as yeah i mean it, it just the bars really being clever making making people look left when something from the right is coming and then when it hits them you know i just blowing people's minds with shit you know what i mean i really try to focus on really really just that like really just you know having the listeners having the listeners listen and, and hear me and, and think that I'm gonna say one thing but I say another thing and it still makes sense like you know what I mean like just tricking people into thinking. the word play word play right yeah the dual <laughs> meanings of words is uh right that's a, that's an exciting thing when people the people that are good with that and the way that they can lead into a, a next phrase like with the same word is is a fun fun thing to listen to yeah like are you do you pick up an instrument at some point during this this time as well absolutely um okay so after i'm writing raps i'm writing raps writing raps i'm you know i'm going to parties i'm freestyling this I'm is whatever. like high school this is high school okay this is um well hmm. 
the summer going into freshman year, all through high school, maybe even the second half of eighth grade all the way through high school and just linking up with other artists in the town. Like, that's how I met Dante at a fucking party, freshman year freestyling, freshman, sophomore year freestyling. You know, hey, you're tight. Like, you know, you normally go to a party. You can tell who's lame and who's tight. Like, everybody who's good kind of links up together. So that's kind of where I met a bunch of the other people that I make music now with and who I made music with at some point. Okay. And so uh, from that point, that's kind of how I met Anton and Bryce Lang and all them. That's when I started making beats. Um, you know, my, my mom was always kind of laid back. She She's the type of mom where I could have people over and smoke some weed because she didn't want me doing it outside and getting caught. So, yeah, you know, uh, respectfully, I'd have the homies over. And like I said uh, before, they'd come over with their laptops with – FL, they'd be making beats at Fucking first. I'd be rapping loops, to them. Yep, I still fuck with FL. Um, so I'm about ten years older than you. So okay, I was introduced to Fruity Loops my freshman year of college. Um, just a bunch of dudes in my dorm were making beats, and a couple of them were rappers. Hell yeah! And I was just like, oh, <laughs> Fruity Loops, this is crazy. And I never like personally got down, but I would just be in the room while people were making beats and freestyling, and yeah. Just the, the the Fruity Loops era is it's has still heavy alive, memories man. for me. Yeah, <laughs> so we're all in a room. Uh, you know, they're making beats. We're rapping, and I had enough. I was like tired of asking them for beats because I'm like, yo, let me get a beat. But you know, motherfuckers who are making beats think they're gonna sell it for a million dollars one day, so they don't want to <laughs> give it away. They don't want to give it away, and I don't blame them because they were very talented and still are. I fucking love those guys. So, anyways. But the internet wasn't what it was now. It wasn't that accessible where you would just buy a random beat from somebody. Nope. You'd be on SoundClick. And even then, I knew that even at that age, I knew that I wanted to make music and be able to sell it. And, I, you know, I was reading fucking books about, like, selling music and music publishing and fucking all that types of shit really trying to learn the industry before i even got my feet wet so i knew that i wanted to have beats that i can own outright and sell so i wanted to fucking have i wanted some fucking beats originally come to find out you know i I get a little bit further into my studies and find out you know that i can't be sampling but um (laughs) anyways yeah that's a mother yeah anyways uh all in a room i'm like yo teach me how to make beats anton and bryce they literally just showed me how to loop, loop a, a loop an old school fucking song, put it into fucking uh, Fruity Loops, loop it and put a kick and clap and some hats on it, and that's a beat. And I was like, that's fucking it, you know. Once I got to that part of my studies where I found out I couldn't do no more samples, that's when I started trying to pick up instruments like the piano and the guitar and shit. And I really owe my knowledge now and just me even you know, getting into fucking instruments to my homie Zach Banks. Zach Banks is a fucking cello major from PSU. He actually graduated, and that's really where I inherited most of, like, my knowledge in terms of, like, uh, music theory, just knowing how to fucking touch the keys, knowing how to actually pick up an instrument and fuck with it and make it sound like how I wanted it to sound. So not only play it, but, like, really understand what you're playing. Right. And how that can fit into, like, your melodies and whatnot. Exactly. So sampling and shit, you know, that's, like, freshman, sophomore year. I fucking meet Zach probably, like, sophomore year then that's kind of when i transitioned into more fucking you know uh 
more touching on instruments and shit, more hanging out with him, more and more fucking hanging out with him and his friends because, you know, he was a music major. Well, at that time, he wasn't even a music major. He's, he was a music major later on, but at that time, he just played the guitar, played the piano, made beats. I rapped with him for a little bit, you know, really just fucking just got my feet wet all all the way around and just fucking with instruments period with zach banks and um from then i kind of just ventured off into my own realm and kind of just taught myself how to fucking touch keys and make them sound how i exactly wanted them to sound you know yeah i would have so much to say like my brain overloads (laughs) when i think about that era like i can't even say (laughs) as much as i need to say Uh, i need to say (laughs) well did you feel like there was going to be just like way more authenticity to the music you were making if you could actually sample that instrument rather than using maybe like a MIDI instrument hmm. of some sort? Well, I, I, yeah. Um, like, did you find those things limiting? Hmm. Not really, because initially I just started fucking with the MIDI. I really just wanted to learn the piano just so I could use the MIDI. Yeah. Because that's what I knew I had access to at the time. You know, just a little keyboard and a computer. That's all I need. Cool. So I I, I really wanted to focus on just learning the piano first. So, I mean, it wasn't really limiting. Um, that, that came later on in life, like sampling my actual fingers playing and shit. But, uh, yeah. Was it Was it a... I'd imagine that was kind of like a game changer for you from the the rapping standpoint, like when you got real comfortable with making beats and it wasn't such a a task to make a beat so that you could like really, you know, there's no waiting period for you if you have new lyrics or, you know, things that you want to try. And did that just like really blow open your creative process on on that level? Absolutely. It, It took a long time, though. It took a very long time. Um, I remember just not even rapping for like two years, just trying to get the beats right just so I could rap to them. Because there'd be times where I would make beats that I couldn't even fucking rap to. And I'd be mad because, you know, I, I snapped into the producer syndrome of not really wanting to give my beats away. I Like, these are mine. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's the, I mean, yeah, it's the young shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's a lot of ego stuff that you don't really understand at that point. Huge. Um, yeah. We had this goofy fucking thing in my high school band um, that we thought was a good idea and would, would really encourage the dedication of the band was that we were all in this band and we, wouldn't, we weren't, we weren't going to play music with other people, you know, because we were Hell in this no. one band, you know, and you didn't do that. And... Uh, I think like the intention was right, but like it's just really like overlooks how like keeping yourself boxed in like that is going to like lead to to tension in some ways, and it's gonna like fucking stunt the creativity maybe for some and the, right. the entire group at some point because of that. No oh, hell yeah. So it's it's interesting what we what we all choose to do as like young people in the creative process you it know, just doesn't make sense at the time because yeah nothing does because <laughs> no, you have you have where you're going already set up in your mind right you know what i mean and anything outside of that just doesn't make fucking sense yeah does um, that make sense yeah no absolutely 
it's it's cool that you kind of had that ambition so early though to like be picking up those books and stuff like that too and try to like really figure out how to, how do I monetize what I'm doing best for myself if I'm going to be serious about this music path um yeah I think that's that's something that usually takes a while f- to click in for people oh there's a bee yeah there is it's flying in there. <laughs> Might have got on the microphone there. Oh, you good. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's impressive that you, like, kind of had that that early instincts to just be like, yeah, this is, like, what I'm going to try to do. I don't think about it that way. Like, I don't even – I don't think I really think about it. My memory is so shit that I haven't thought about any of this shit in a long time. That's That's why it seems like it's hard for me to get my thoughts out because when I think about – when I first started to make beats, it's like there's so much shit that goes into it. When I think about when I first started, you know, writing raps, it's so much shit that got into it. I guess that's why, I don't know. I, it's weird. I don't look at it like that. It's it's just it's just me doing what the fuck I gotta do, Dan. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I get to like I don't know. I I get to see, you know, try to see how it unfolds and whatnot. Yeah, you know, see how we get into this. Uh, this no one cares record you know man um but when do you start when do you think if you can't remember like specifically but like when do you start getting like pretty confident in what you're putting together like as a complete package with the the beat that you're creating and the raps that you're creating like well i probably made no one cares like two times before i made no one cares and and you know just whether it be intentionally or, or, or not. I mean, I remember I intentionally put together some records that I wasn't going to put out, but then eventually I wasn't really satisfied with them. Overall, outside of that, just making a bunch of records and being like, this is going to be no one cares, hell yeah. And, like, I'm talking about, like, all the way back from, like, 2013, almost 12, and then – moving forward just having so much music to the point to where I felt like I could drop some but then I just didn't so I don't know out of all out of that whole experience I would have a few songs that I would like and then I would try to veer more to that type of sound you know what I'm saying veer veer away from the shitty songs veer closer to the songs that sound like I you know this is me like I could put this out into the world and feel confident because I didn't want to sound too much like somebody else I knew that I wanted to make the the beats myself I knew I wanted them to be tight you know I knew I couldn't lie to myself and tell myself shit was cool and I knew that my friends couldn't tell me shit was cool that I didn't think was cool and I knew that I knew what was cool so I guess over the trial of making like I don't know how many songs but let's just say like 40 over since fucking 2012 probably like 15 or almost close to 20 of those were like sounding how i wanted them to sound so when i started making music from that point i started to create more with more intent you know what i mean with with like you know this is a yes this is a no this is you know does that make sense you set this new bar for yourself yeah 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 when you do that you can't like kind of really suffer for anything less than Mm-mm. that that tune that you've created you know that's kind of it's kind of where it's got to be it's got to be there like somewhere above that i think right or it's hard for to like sit with those things especially like within a collection of songs 
if you don't feel like one is up to par with the other and you're just like, oh, I'll just put it on anyway. No, I couldn't do that. Like, I, I'm i big on, like, moving to the beat of my own drum, and I, I, I try to – I know that there's an intent behind everything that – I mean, everything. Everything is everything behind what people say and what people do. So, if, you know, if I'm if I have a bunch of friends come over and I smoke them all out and I ask them, is this song cool, they're going to tell me, yeah. But I know it sucks. You know what I mean? So I, I guess I was strong on just asking people, I, like asking people a question I knew the answer to. You know what I'm saying? If if I knew it was cool, I'd ask. And if they thought it was cool, they'd, they'd give me a different response from just like the, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can see when you actually invoke some emotion in people right. with what you're doing. And you're the, you're the fucking one that has to sleep with it, you know? So like right. if you don't think it's dope, then it doesn't really matter what they th- even if they do say it's cool right i don't yeah um good for you to have like the wherewithal to to think about that shit i don't even think about it like that like it it it's weird like i don't know i feel like parts i feel like the parts of my mind that i never needed are gone if that makes sense that sounds really fucking trippy it does sound trippy. I like it though. But like the 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 desire for shit that I don't need, and like the 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 willingness to play into other people's bullshit and fucking, yeah. you know, just just I don't know, like not caring about certain shit that other people would care about because they feel like they need to care about it. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's dope when you're like leaning into your truth like that, and you you like see it clearly like that. Right. You know? When do you feel like you uh, started like being vulnerable with the, the the lyrics you were putting out? Because that's that's certainly something that like resonates with me and uh, you know intrigues me about your music. Is just that there's a <coughs> there's a vulnerability to like the mental health stuff and whatnot, especially like kicking things off with antisocial, um, which was the song that I pl- that I'll play at the top of the episode. Um. yeah that one like quickly addresses like you know anxiety and depression and stuff or you know things things of that nature so when do you start kind of revealing those things through through your music hmm probably around the time that I realized that I was hanging around the wrong people I was probably like 19 you know probably I don't know. I think I kind of just, that's kind of when I just kind of went off and did my own thing and thought for myself, you know what I mean? And kind of really got to know myself and realized the things that I actually liked. And uh, I was just big on fucking authenticity. You know, I, I felt like I fucking had my eyes closed for so long and I opened them up and I looked around and everything was so damn fucking weird and fake. And everybody was looking at me weird, you know what I mean? Like, I remember I used to give a fuck about you know like what the fuck i looked like and shit and like you know having more than everybody and shit and fucking you know having to be dirty dan you know i'm not you dan but i i I understand what you're saying the man and shit but like i think it was around the time i just i i I just realized like in reality like i i had to fucking grow up and i wanted more for myself and i wanted to strive more towards authentic shit i didn't want to be partying all the time around people scratching their balls and fucking laughing about shit that's not funny 
Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh it can be jarring when you start having those experiences of uh dialing that shit in for yourself and start, you know, like you're saying, like just not buying into other people's bullshit and just kinda like not uh not wanting to like fall into place as uh maybe some would like you to to do it a certain way or whatnot you just kind of like yeah just kind of figuring out like what what what's true for you and whatnot right that was big i mean just getting to know myself first even while while making music too you know feeling like i was asleep you know what i mean but still life was going on and fucking yeah finally fucking waking up and be like fuck i'm fucking 19 and i don't have anything tangible you know what i mean like i don't know it was just like a it was like a fucking kick in the face and on top of that you know just realizing that my dad wasn't shit and realizing that like i didn't ever want to be anything like him and so just trying to just become a a better person i mean from what i was at least you know what i mean for sure just having those yeah those big moments, man, and then you you start kind of expressing that through what you're writing and whatnot. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I, you know, I mean, honestly, I I, I kind of owe it to my girlfriend, man. Like, no lie, you know, she was coming around me and my friends, and my friends were talking about bitches and hoes and shit. She's like, like, is this how you guys really fucking talk about like girls when nobody's around and. I don't know. It kind of just opened my eyes, and I, that opened my eyes to think about a lot of other things. You know what I mean? Like everybody's so busy, you know, talking about these fabricated women that they have. You know, talking about all this shit that they have just to feel like they're fucking cool. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I I, I guess I kind of owe it to my girlfriend for making me. You know, I I mean, and I, we've been together since I was nineteen. You know fucking so that was the age where i started to really open my fucking eyes and you know her just really just fucking turning me on to the fact you know of 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 like that's not fucking real you know what i mean and then that really just put my mind down a whole other path of thinking about all all the shit that i ever thought was fucking okay you know what i mean and then really approaching shit like a fucking man you know what i mean and 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 thinking for myself ultimately because i i mean i was never falling into the trap of like i need hoes and i need you know what i'm saying i've always kind of been the same person but i guess it was when she came around i really just kind of locked into more of the real shit and stayed away from the fake shit like now nah, i check my friends when they when they when they're talking a certain way you know what i'm saying like now nah, i hold people more accountable for shit like and I mean, I, I, it took me, you know what I'm saying? It took, it took her to fucking, you know, open my eyes to one thing, but then I kind of led myself to fucking think about it from a, from a yeah. real lens. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people offer you perspective and sometimes it's very eye opening. For sure. You know, and especially with like when it's somebody that you connect heavy with and you value their perspective their perspective a lot you know it can completely change your lens because you want to you want to understand where it's coming from and then like you're saying kind of fucking a domino effect you start it's like oh well i gotta fucking see through the lens of like all these other people too on all these other 
situations and and uh you know life happenings and whatnot right you know it's not just my my perspective you know only one person is seeing that that's me right so um yeah i just i just appreciate the the lyrical content and the vulnerability of it man like especially the the anxiety and depression shit and the the fucking paranoia and and all that stuff is uh stuff that that tapped in heavy for me for sure Thank you me. know experiencing it's for the you, anxiety man. and whatnot you know is uh it's i l- i like to to hear other people talk about their experiences with that especially through the music and and how you kind of weave it in and out of uh the the different themes of your your tunes is is uh yeah i think it's like really thoughtful and shit and right. important to uh important to acknowledge um for for others sake you know to like say those things out loud it'll it, it seems to make other people with those similar feelings feel a lot better that was my intent for sure for yeah. sure for sure yeah did that that also just come from watching others before you kind of do that for yourself mm. absolutely like kid cuddy and and i mean fucking we can go on forever i can go on i can go on forever <laughs> man mac demarco man shit king cruel <coughs> shit man like mo- mostly not not even mostly rappers like mostly not even people that really influence the hip-hop community i mean because i mean what's that about right now you know what i mean right i and i think that's like where where the uniqueness of your your sound that i identify must come from is that you you like are still listening to all kinds of different music and pull heavy from all genres oh yeah oh yeah like like definitely like um like i mean it'd be easy to go with like a commercial sound or like do you know or or you know sound a little bit more like something just to you know but i feel like i gotta I have to do it in my own way. I have to make it make, you know, like, I don't know. I have to make it make sense to people who are entangled into, like, the new hip-hop. You know yeah, what I mean? for sure. But there's, I mean, I don't know. I, I fuck with it, but I, I probably won't be sounding like it anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so talk to me about, like, some of the, your early stage time. Like, when do you start performing in front of people for real? Like, early stage time. My first show, I was putting music out on Facebook. And some guy reached out to me, said he was having a show. Uh, I was hanging out with my homie Roby at the time. And I think he might have got me at the got me the show, so I I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, I probably have the flyer on my Facebook still, uh, but it was a long time ago. I I want to say probably like two thousand and eleven, maybe two thousand eleven, two thousand ten. I don't know, but it was a long time ago. It was just like a little showcase. I had fifteen minutes. I got up there. I did my little fifteen minutes. And then from then, um, me and my homie Roby we started making music together. How how old do you you think you are at this this t- point? I, I don't know. Like probably like, let me see if I got it in my Facebook real quick. I, I it was a very long time ago. 
it was at the backspace in 2011, October 21st. Okay. Yeah. Champagne James reached out to me. <laughs> and he, Champagne he, James. Champagne James, baby. Oh, that's, Tickets were that's... $5. It was the Swagapalooza. Whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude, that poster is fire. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just had a little 15 minute set. Yeah, the backspace went away before I got here. Yep. Yep. I remember here. I've heard a few people talk about that venue, but so you're 19, 20 or so, like during during this time. Like, we're, we're I'm like, 26 well, right now. Okay. So this is like nine nine years ago. Nine right. years ago. So, so you're yeah, like eight, 17, 18? Yeah, around right around there. Hot damn! Are you like going to see shows at this time too? Or? I yeah, my first. I, I can't remember my first actual concert, but I remember I went to see like Wiz Khalifa and Currency and concert and shit yeah. like that. You know, and at this time I was rapping about weed and shit and rapping about like women and shit and that I didn't have and yeah, trying to just sound like you know look i mean i was at the swag of fucking palooza dude. yeah like swag, was, yeah you were you were rolling i got hit up by champagne james dude i mean yeah and still like really early in your writing process yeah so you're probably like this is probably still a time that you're also just like just trying to put dope things together right yeah like sound wise mm-hmm. i wasn't even making beats at the time for sure um and then you end up getting like some some pretty early opportunities to open for some fairly big acts as well. I did with uh, Young Mill and Roby. We started making songs together, and we all had our own songs. And we got hit up to do like a little mini tour uh, with Nipsey Hussle. Here's the flyer for that one. So, you, were you guys performing as a as a collective? Well, we we were performing as a collective, but here's what we had. I think we had. We had like 40 minutes, and so we each did 10, 15 minutes, and then at the end, we did all the songs that we had together. So we we had we had a chunk as an act, but we split it up just like that. So we all got our 15 minutes technically, and so um, yeah, we it would go it would go like you know I don't know how I don't remember how it would go. It'd be like Roby, me, Young Mill, or like me. Young Mill, Roby, or whatever, because at the time they had been putting out music, and I had just started putting out music. But Roby was trying to fuck with me because I was cool, and uh, yeah, so we would just do our little set, and then he would go on. It, like we opened for him. I think we did Eugene. Well, we did no, we did uh, we did Ashland, Eugene, and then I think we went up to Yakima, or no, Ashland, Eugene, Seattle, then Yakima, and I think we did that. We did that twice, I think. Once once uh once that year and I think another time the following year. And then uh we even opened up for him at like a festival one time and shit. Like So you guys are getting in like to to play in front of some people. Like, in front of some people. People, people like, were showed up yeah, look, obviously early on to you know, to get a good spot to see Nipsey. This is how old I was. Crazy, That's me. Man. And look. You see the TMC flag behind me? Yeah. I think this was in, that was probably at the Wild Hall. No, this was Seattle. I remember because I had a dog, I had a dog shirt holding a, I had a shirt with a dog holding a bag of weed in his mouth, and I thought it was so funny. And hold on, here's the other one. This was, 
This was at the Wow Hall. Just packed out. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then the second time that we went around with them. Hold on. Oh, no. This was in 2012, the following year. And this was at the Wow Hall again. But this, we opened up for Kid Ink this this time. So you're like not even 21. I'm not even 21. And uh, this was at a festival when we opened up for a bunch of people. Same with the uh, the re- were the rest of the dudes in in your group. Same with all of same, them. Same same age. We were all really young, dude. Man, that's me and Roby. That's fucking wild, man. Would you guys have interactions with with Nipsey Hustle, or was he kind of no. on his own schedule the whole time? And you guys on would, his own schedule the whole time. Really I mean, I think there was one interaction we had. When we had opened up, we left the Wow Hall, and uh, I don't know if you've ever been to the Wow Hall, but there's no like backstage. The backstage is oddly in the front of the fucking building, but uh, we're leaving. We go out the back door, and as he's coming in the back door, he's like, "Damn, y'all really." He's I forget what exactly what he said. I don't know what he said word for word, but paraphrasing, he was like, "Damn, y'all really got the crowd turned for you know what I'm saying? Y'all really got them ready for me, like good shit." Went on stage, did his thing, and we were just in the back. You know, he came out in the back, smoked some weed by his van. We're, like, kind of distant. We're, like, smoking weed in our van, you know, and, and that was kind of the vibe the whole time, you know. We'd, we'd kind of be in the parking lot at the same time, but it was never, like, we never got a chance to really chop it up with him. I, I never did, at least. For sure. Um, but, like, you know, it'd, it'd be cool. We'd all be staying in the same hotels and shit together. You know, we'd sometimes on the same floor, you know, we'd see, like, a bunch of bunch of, bunch of of girls trying to figure out where everybody's staying and shit. <laughs> like, it was definitely a cool-ass experience, man. That's that's very cool. Yeah. But, but talk to me about the kind of maybe the fallout that happens from getting those early opportunities that you're playing to these, you know, okay. packed-out rooms and – you know, you're you're on tour with Nipsey Hussle. Like, that must make you and, you know, should very much make you feel confident in what you're doing. But it's also got to be, like, make you feel like you're probably deserving of something, maybe. Like, at this oh yeah, at this that shit fu- Oh, yeah, that shit fucked my head up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we had a manager at the time who had an investor who was investing in a lot of shit. And, you know, at that point the festival the picture i showed you and i'm i'm i look a little chubby i probably am the same size (laughs) but uh but no whatever after that festival apparently something funky happened with the money and he wasn't able to pay back the investors so we ultimately just lost all of the funding behind everything like apparently the investor was paying for everything for Nipsey to go to all of those all of those cities for the festivals for everything, so our manager had worked out a deal to where he just wanted to keep you know going keep inviting these acts to go on multiple city tours, and he you know he had the capital to pay for him, and he had had worked out a way to keep paying back the investor, and for some reason that time at like the biggest festival with like a bunch of different bunch of different acts, man. Yeah. Uh, I can't even remember who was there. Nipsey Hustle was there. Shit, I'll I'll bring up the flyer, but there was a bunch of fucking people there, and uh, for some reason, yeah, something funky with the money happened, and uh, the investor wasn't trying to fuck with him no more, and uh, neither were we because I think the only reason why we were is because he had access to all this shit. I mean, and I even met the I even met the investor. I mean, I'm I'm fucking 
I'm fucking taking pictures in front of like Bentley coops and shit. <laughs> I'm fucking like, let me find this one right. You're you're gonna laugh your ass off, bro. Well, yeah, I mean that's uh that's the move, right? Like show money to to young, like you're you're a kid still at that point too, right? You know, and people are flashing money at you and and treating you right. You're not even really probably even thinking about like what the logistics behind any of this shit is how it's actually happening or whatever exactly not thinking about none of that shit not thinking about you know i mean for all we knew we 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 had already did what we had to do to get where we wanted to go right what i mean yeah and you i would assume that you you thought that a lot of people were gonna know your name not only as a collective but individually because you did that tour and got oh, those, yeah. got those big shows and then yeah talk to me just kind of like about like what was it like post that and kind of dealing with things not like popping off the way you maybe think that they were going to right mm. i don't know i feel like if that would never happen i would have never a lot of things would have never happened i would have never transitioned into talking about real shit i would have never transitioned into you know playing instruments i would have never transitioned into a lot of things man i'm i'm, I'm in a way i'm glad it happened i, I wasn't ready for that shit if we would have been if we would have got on we probably would have we probably would have signed the shittiest record deal in the whole entire world we would have had our 15 minutes and been out you know what i mean because i mean at that time none of us were talking about shit you know what i'm saying uh, think about it. People only fucking liked what we were saying because we sounded like other, other, other. You know what other people were talking about. Um, but yeah, coming down from that shit was just you know it's kind of fucking depressing for a while. But afterwards, it was like, well, the show must go on. You know what I mean? I'm still gonna make music. So then it was just like a matter of gathering myself and putting the music out in a way that would fucking you know make people fuck with me more i don't know that i just had this weird like envious thing inside and that's when i started making all the songs for trying to make no one cares making all the songs for that shit and making a fuckload of songs that weren't cool but you know songs that were cool and then yeah so i i I don't think the no one cares transition would have ever happened if that didn't happen for sure it definitely informs that and how you get to this this next step do you start kind of like showing up to local shows a lot around this time too and kind of getting to know who else is oh no man I, i was i was to myself you know what i'm saying i i mean even to this day i don't really I mean, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I go out and support the homies and shit, but like back then, as far as shows, I mean, we were still young, we couldn't really go to much. I mean, if you were younger than eighteen, it'd be hard to get a show. The shows that you would have would be right. at like the backspace or whatever, you know what I mean, but uh, or if like some of the homies were opening up, you know, you couldn't just go you ha- you'd have to pay thirty dollars to go, and I didn't have it, man, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure, um. But yeah, uh, after that, I, I kind of just stayed in my mom's basement for fucking five years, dude. Did work? Did work. Well, I mean, no, not five years. What That was fucking, I was in 2000, in 2011, I was, that was eight years ago. I was 18. So yeah, 
I I I I probably stayed in my mom's basement for a good two years, just fucking working on beats, man. Just immersing yourself in yeah. production and instrumentation and yep. really learning the craft. Yep. This is when you start like picking up the music theory and and things like that from, that's, from your dude. That's that's around the time I met Zach. Yep. Yep. And then that's you know as soon as I met him before he got into college. Probably a year or two after I met Zach, that's when he got into PSU, and then that's when uh, he always would tell me about show me show me cool shit about you know instruments and shit. But that's when he would really, when he got into college and got his dorm and got like this new set of friends. That's when we'd really fucking hang out hard and just listen to fucking records and fucking jam out and like he'd really just show me what was up musically and like. We, I'd be around like some of the greatest musicians, like fucking even today that I that I fucking know of, you know. So I mean, I I, I kind of just rub shoulders with them and kind of hope hope that some of that shit would rub off on me, you know what I mean? And that's a uh, that's that's yeah. Like I said, if that downfall didn't happen, I wouldn't have met Zach Banks. Yeah, I wouldn't have. I mean, no. I matter of fact, I knew Zach when I was doing the Nipsey Hustle shit because he came with me to the very first show. Uh, but yeah, that's that's when I really fucking, when he got into college, that's when I fucking started yeah. playing with the fucking instruments, man. You start seeing other musicians too, like doing on an operating on a different level. It blew my mind. Like it, the Saturday nights, would be like, "Yo, come over to the homie's house." It'd be like a house with like ten homies that live there. The basement just has a bunch of fucking instruments. Well, let's drink some beer and jam out. Cool pick up something and play along or pick up a mic you know what i mean and it was just from from that day forward it's i i always needed to hang out with those fools every fucking night you know what i mean yeah i had dropped out of school at that time so i didn't have shit to do you know what I mean? yeah it's super pure at that time too when you especially when you're doing just like those basement jams it's just for like the people in the room yeah yeah like i mean even in and and just being around those types of people like you don't have to be the best because i mean if you're not they'll just show you how to be you know yeah well i spoke earlier about some some deep pockets that you find on no one cares and one of my favorite tracks off the record is fuck work Mm. um i think you know earlier too i talked about your delivery a little bit but the turns of phrases and and flows in this one i think are just really lights out and the pocket you find is just Real deep on this one, mm. man. So, Thank you. This is Marcus <laughs> McCauley with Fuck Work. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> wow, with the fake smile. Hella foul. Simmer down, dog. I ain't a child. Should punch you out. Get around me with that win and doubt. Shit, you such a downer. I could really paint you in that. You fucking clown. I felt the ass. I'm angry pent up. But where's it from? I think I fucked around and found the nerve. Fuck work, damn, I'm really feeling trapped here. I struck a curse, at least I eat for free, cause I'm a cook. Well, that's a perk, I'm rolling weed when the boss leave. Yeah, that's a perk. Worked here a little more than a year, and that's a first. Pushed a product just to get to dollars. That's what they taught us, used to move smooth, scary now. Ain't trying to get caught up, take it all away. If they hear complaints on what they bought us, could barely afford it. So we count the thought, gratitude, we had to learn. It's funny now, because we hardly see it. In return, I feel like I just work, work for everybody but myself. Outside of work, I feel like I don't do not nothing for myself. Wake me up, wake me up, take me off the shelf. I just gotta find a way that I can motivate myself. Wake me up, wake me up. 
Wake me up, wake me up. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake me up, wake me up. Okay, I'm done working for the man. This shit is scam, screaming, God, what's the fucking plan? I need a hand, face size as a grain of sand. Least as a parent, show mercy for a mortal man. I get embarrassed, still got some anger brewing up. Inside of me, no need to pencil where I drew it from. Fuck work, barely doing shit outside of this. I'm feeling cursed, check clearing on the first first. Yeah, that's a perk, no longer going through a garnishment. Yeah, that's a perk, coming home too tired to even smoke. That's a first, days off, I'm just dozing off. Days on, try to focus more. Help me, please, find my way. Thinking about how my life used to be up in shambles. The path I went down turned me to an example. It got corrected, I'm still feeling dismantled. Life's a gamble, can't get a handle. Cause I just work for everybody but myself. Outside of work, I feel like I don't do not nothing for myself. Wake me up, wake me up, take me off the shelf. I just gotta find a way that I can motivate myself. Wake me up, wake me up. Wake me up, wake me up. So no one cares, man. I think that you uh, you put together this really complete package with this record. Like mm. it, it really presents itself well. <laughs> like I think, like across the board, dude. Like sonically, this thing is just like so dialed in. Um, especially <laughs> like in the headphones and whatnot. But then you put it in the car and it like it bangs as well. So um, that is very cool. And I know that you know you obviously contributed the raps the bars the beats but did you also like mix this thing down nah this thing was mixed and mastered by my dude dj zone of uh momentum studios uh he's the fucking man uh yeah i i i, I recorded everything with him uh i even brought uh fucking all the beats in and had them mixed and mastered even more yeah, you know, because I just wanted the whole thing to sound like it was mixed and mastered by one the same person. You know what I mean? And and he's definitely a lot more knowledgeable in terms of engineering. Yeah, I mean that's it's his fucking job. Right. So I mean I I yeah, entirely mixed and mastered by DJ Zone. Um, I mean maybe the beats are more so mixed by me, mastered by him. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. Like, did you develop a lot of the like the textures on the beach beats then yeah, yourself? Yeah, yeah. And then also, would you sit in on mixing sessions? Yeah. And because uh, man, one of the things that I really dig about your record is the uh, like is is some of the vocal layering that takes place, yeah. like, especially on the Macaulay show. Yo. Like, I think that's a really great example in the hooks, <laughs> how you how you layered out the vocals. Can't really go where you wanna roll, where you wanna show out a 
Like, I just think the mix on the whole project is thank you. It's just so dope. And it just seems like a lot of time was spent exploring different textures, whether it was like on the beats or with different vocal filters on certain parts mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah, I, I mean, I owe it to Zone for putting up with my picky ass because I'd be like, no, turn the highs up, turn the lows up, turn the, turn the high end on the lows up, turn the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very much hands on with most of it. Yeah, but sure. at, le- at, at least it seems that you've spent enough time, you know, doing your own, like doing your own home recordings and producing your beats that at least you can hopefully like speak the language in some way where it like yeah. makes sense. So you're not just, you know, somebody making demands that like no, doesn't really no, no. understand like, the ins and outs of it you know yeah like well i mean we we get real nerdy with it like you know we'll, we'll bring up eqs and shit like i need shit to sound a certain way like if the you know like if the low end on the low voice isn't high enough you know what i'm saying if i can't hear that bass enough then it needs to be turned up you know what i mean like well yeah it, it makes it a lot easier knowing the terms and shit and knowing what he's actually doing like standing behind him and you know, I mean, it, I, I recorded the whole album over the course of probably like a year. So, I mean, I, I got a pretty good relationship with them, too, by now. So it's not it's not more so me demanding, you know, it's 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 more so he knows where I'm trying to take it now. Like he knows where I'm trying to take a product. So he'll just be like, all right, for sure. We're, we're both making suggestions, you know what I'm saying? But for sure. It, it's more so like, I, you know, <laughs> you're participating in the process, but also right. like trusting his his ears and abilities exactly like uh like uh, most like all the textures are coming from me like when i take the beats in it's more so just uh to pump them up through his uh, you know hardware because he's got like a lot of compressors and shit he's got all the shit that i need to make all the songs you know be on the same level you know it's like a pretty high state-of-the-art studio so it just helps to go through him uh in terms of you know just tightening up the sound for sure um yeah dj zones the man <laughs> um you've you've touched on it a couple times throughout the conversation about like the, how this was you know kind of the second go around of, of trying to put no one cares out and mm. so when is there kind of like a moment or is there do you get to a certain um point with this batch of tunes where you start to feel like you're like you've really got this project together like like what do you mean like uh like was there a song like a particular song or a particular uh collection of songs that are on this record that like when you got those together you're like this is no one cares like this is what people are going to hear i think it was um i came up with the chords to I don't want to do anything I probably had I probably just played the chords on my fucking Casio for like two months and then turned that into an instrumental had the beat for a fucking like maybe six months uh I and here's the thing my homie Brandon Sales came over uh you know a lot of the time most of my friends would tell me most of my most of my friends from the cloud you know the cloud stands for come levitate or you drown you know we came up with that in high school that's just like my day one homies uh outside of produce but um yeah he comes over drunk and most of the time when my friends come over at that time it's it's them sitting on the couch and me sitting there making beats and fucking he came over drunk and he goes right around right around round round right around i said bro that might have to actually be the hook because I, I had already i was already writing the lyrics and then uh 
it had already fit the aesthetic of me, you know, not really wanting to do shit. So I kind of just figured at that time. And as soon as he said that shit, I was like, that's going to be the hook. And I had, I had the video in my head and, you know, I, I fucking already wanted to fucking like make and make a treatment for it and all types of shit. So I, I think that just came around full circle. Uh, when that song happened, I, I kind of knew, all right, let me, let me start fucking making no one cares again. Then I made the instrumental for fuck work. Then I knew I was like, all right, for sure. Then I made the instrumental for fucking shit like no one cares. And then all those other songs came about. So like those are the newer ones. Like uh, antisocial is newer. Paranoid anxiety is newer. Gimme Gimme was the newest one on there. Um, shit. Uh, Peer pressure was one of the newest ones on there, um, and that was that to me was like the overall aesthetic of the album. So I think. Um, once peer pressure was made and I had the lyrics down, I knew that I was nearing the end. Cause I mean, I had, I've made probably like fucking 20 songs and 20 something songs. And I, I only picked what 11. So I knew that all of those kind of complemented each other and came about at the same time, like in bunches. So it just made sense to go with those ones. And, and they all fit the same aesthetic of no one fucking cares you know what i mean yeah man they feel good together that that fucking video for i don't want to do anything ah that's one of my like favorite <laughs> like independent music videos i've seen kind of in a while dude i watched Thank that today um, would you believe me if i told you that we did that video with just me with just me and two other people that's it's, crazy. It's okay. So, Lost Portal and Ancient Alien Workshop. Robert, that's uh, I I don't I don't know. Sorry, Robert, but it's my director of photography. I don't know <laughs> if I could say that, uh, but you know he's he's the director of photography on all of my videos that I have right now. Lost Portal, which is my fucking girlfriend, Rainy Roberts. Uh, she was the director. Uh, you know the editor, the producer. Uh, but overall, I I wrote the treatment and I I fucking. You know, was yeah. the co-director and the co-producer and fucking, but it was just us three. We Ooh. got together and made that shit happen, man. Dude, when you get in the car, yeah, backseat, and then the visuals start happening and, with, yeah, the, and with the rear, Brandon and Landis. Yeah, yeah those with, are the two in the video with all the windows stuff, that, all the stuff that starts going on in the windows. And yeah. I was like, oh fuck, dude, this is some Willy Wonka shit. And yeah, then, I, and then oh. all of a sudden, you guys started fucking. The backseat is just floating, you know, into all these different places and. Yeah, I just thought that that was like super, super well done, man. Like yeah, that made me like that song job. even more too. Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, I was just like, man, this song is like real fucking good. Like especially like watching this video. Yeah, yeah. that that's like, I think that's when I started kind of keying into the the thought behind everything mm -hmm. you know i feel like i felt like you had to have been involved in that like it wasn't oh. something that like somebody else conceptualized 100 you know, like, maybe like maybe somebody collaborated with you and like even if it was the initial idea that came from somewhere else it like it spoke to me that like you are in like a piece of you is in this mm -hmm. this video you know 100 percent, 100 percent. most of the things that come out like I've, i'm i'm if not really involved i'm involved in some type of way um i think antisocial was the least amount of involvement i've had in terms of like the treatment and and whatever blah blah blah. but uh alex or alex uh, rubino you know he's the fucking man he that video came so to good. me and was like yo i i want to shoot a video for you i was like hell yeah 
and uh, the concept was his. That uh, that was him. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to him for trying to get us together too. Yeah, he's the man that. for sure. Um, I'm glad, glad to be here, man, for sure. Likewise, dude. It, um, yeah, I've just been listening to this this music so much, so it's it's always fun for me to like get an understanding of like where it comes from because it just like adds this. It's gonna have a whole nother layer to me, like when I'm like cruising home and listening to it after right. kind of having the conversation, you know? Yeah. Even even though like I think I think uh, like the music that you're putting out like definitely gave me a sense of who you were like that this would just be like a really chill hang yeah like getting to like it talk matches with you i'm not it. i'm not like a douchebag what what edit this part out <laughs> yeah, right, yeah i don't know man i'm gonna have like know, <laughs> there's gonna be dead cable slander like all over all right over Instagram, yeah dude like. i'm just gonna fucking people are gonna pull this out of context right yeah. no one really cared <laughs> <laughs> no, but. but yeah no i just i just felt like i uh I got a lot of you through through the music and like what you're doing lyrically and just like through the music and through the aesthetic and uh yeah do you do you feel like that's like you're always going to get the best results out of what you're doing creatively if you are involved top to bottom with a project instead of yeah on yeah ab- absolutely I, I mean um I, you know, I've, I'm a big believer of just, you know, I, I, I was, I feel like it's just what I was meant to do. You know what I mean? It's like, um, I can't celebrate something that I, that I, that I knew, you know what I mean? Like, not to sound like, uh, not to sound like that, you know what I mean? But like, I can't, it, it's what I want to do. I've made up my mind. Okay. I can't be surprised at all the things that come with it because it's what I wanted. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, yeah. Uh, I, I I mean I I don't even know if I answered your question, but um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, man. It just seem it just seems like uh, you know, you picking up all the instruments must have really like even informed the way that you would deliver your vocals after that. Absolutely. That must have changed everything for you once you learned. Absolutely. And contributed to this flow that you have and the the the, uh, the way that you try like choose to attack the pocket, you know, and find kind of these unique ways to weave yourself in and out of it. I would imagine like learning those instruments just informs so much. Oh, hell yeah. Game changer, man. Um, as soon as I could make it sound however i wanted it to sound it it was just now it was it was a it was a it's a means of experimenting you know what i mean I, I, it was just now time to fucking make this sound how i <laughs> want it to sound with this how i want it to sound you know and yeah them coexist in a way that wouldn't come across to you know you know wouldn't come across like it sounds like you know somebody else you know what i mean because that's so easy to do yeah, I was doing that shit time and time again. Like I got so much shitty music from, from like old old shitty music that's terrible, you know. But I I like to keep it and listen to it from time to time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like that progression has to happen. You know, you're not gonna just be 
come out the gate fucking this good. No. Oh, no. You got to make some missteps. I would just imagine, you know, that after that point of, like, getting into the instrumentation pretty heavy that you're kind of like a, you know, you're your perspective as an MC at that point is like through the lens of a, of a musician in some way, you know, maybe not full fully because you start as just the writer, you know, the voice. So, you, you know, you, you're always going to have that first, but yeah. Um, I think, I think that's, that stuff like really shows in your record though, man. Like, I think it's just like super impressive and I just like, I just like what, yeah, like I said earlier, I just like what you show of yourself through it, and uh, like down to the the cover art. Who did the cover art? Uh, that was my dude, Earwig, man. Um, and it's funny how that came about. Uh, you saw you saw the I don't want to do anything video. Yeah, you saw the mural in the back. Uh, there's like a graffiti mural in the back in uh, one of the scenes. Okay, we're sitting on a curb. Uh, the video comes out and somebody reaches out to me and says, hey, I know who did the mural in your video. It's dope. You should follow him on Instagram. I follow him. He's got like he's like a fucking really known member of the community. You know, he's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, so I follow him. He's like, yo, I did your mural in, in your video. That shit's dope. I was like, at that point, a light bulb went off in my head. I was like, yo, do you do commission? Like, do you do commission work? Like, could I pay you to do like a cover? He's like, Sure. Like, you know, f- fuck yeah, like, your video's dope, man, and I'll, I'll hook you up. Like, you know, he gave me a fucking really dope price just for, you know, the collaboration making a lot of fucking sense. I I was just like, yo, I'm going to send you a picture and, you know, tell you a little bit about the album. I'll send you some songs and, uh, you know, let me know what you can come up with. He sent me, like, six different ideas, man, and as soon as he sent me this one, I was like, this is it. The loony bin, the fucking loony wall, bro. The 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 waitress in the back, the 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 everything. The fact that I'm not even really there, like the wisp all over the place, the voices, the faces, the everything. He fucking nailed it. Um, I'm thinking about releasing the other ideas that he gave me soon in one way or another, just so everybody could see. Yeah, it'd be real cool to see like the process. I'll show you. But, yeah, uh, that that. Re- that album cover, man. When he I saw that, I was crazy. like, when I looked it up, <laughs> when I looked up your music on, on Apple Music and I saw that that was the album cover, I was just like, oh, this is going to be good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it could not, right? I mean, it like, could, yeah, like the, the album cover was just too good, man. And yeah, just the overall aesthetic of everything you're doing on top of the the music sonically and everything is just uh, is very cool, man. Man, thank you. I dig it a lot. And yeah, Grown is is also like a really cool video. And that one's just like yeah. like way goofy. Da- Dante's in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, yo, y'all gotta come fuck with me on this one, man. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one's killer. I think like all of your, uh, like a lot of tracks on the record. One of the things I like about this album is there's like these moments that I look forward to on each track. Yeah. Like on Sad Man, which I think is like one of those, another one of those songs that I really appreciate the vulnerability 
of the themes of that song, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get into that part uh, where where you do the uh, he say she say fuck you too, oh, like yeah. when, you, when it gets into that section, like that's one of those movements that I like really look forward to. <laughs> in the song, you know, and, I'm glad you like that one, man. Yeah, man, it's just like uh, there, there's moments that that exist like that throughout uh, all of No One Cares to me, for sure. Like it was super hard to like pick tracks that I wanted to feature in full for this this episode. Like on Grown, when you you have that line up at top when you say "I love her most, F." No, Yasin Bay. Like I'm glad you I, got that. I fucking that. love it. I love that <laughs> like so much, and it's just like such a simple thing, but it's uh. Yeah, dude, that that's uh that's that's really cool. I really dig that. I'm but glad you got that yeah, one. <laughs> just lots of moments like that, dude, through throughout the the whole record. So it's uh it's good shit. It's it's um it's impressive your patience to uh to like finally put out a project that you were like one hundred percent in on seems to have paid off. So took a long ass time to get here, man. And I'm 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 rolling with the momentum now that I got like a process and shit locked down. Like I'm I'm definitely gonna start releasing more music very soon. Yeah, very very soon. And I know you say like a lot of like some of the stuff we touched on earlier wasn't you know that thought out. You know, like really think about it in some of those ways. But I do think you know it. It seems like you've. Uh, it's cool that you were like just interested in leaning into like your shit and just the authenticity and and realizing that's like where the magic is in in whatever you're gonna do so right so good on you thank you and thank you for uh just like hanging out with me and 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 talking to me about your music and shit dude thanks for having me bro like it it, it feels cool to you know it 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 happens so fast like the album just came out feels good to be acknowledged for it and it being a good good acknowledgement you know what i mean like the music's cool well, yeah dude it's just <laughs> like I, th- I mean it's like you said you already knew the music was cool like when you put it out you don't need like other people to to tell you necessarily you know because you you believe in it but i do think it's like yeah it's just a lot of it just kind of has this undeniable feel to it and, yeah. and uh you can't really fuck with that thank you you know <laughs> and uh i would imagine that with the content of your your music that this is uh like doing this is super important to your your mental and like who you are like expressing yourself it feels like good this shit so. to finally get it out you know what i mean yeah for like all that shit was shit i mean you know clo- my closest friends knew but people who knew of me i don't think they would ever think that these were things that i would openly talk about you know what i mean it just feels good to fucking put it out there yeah, and, and have people fuck with it, it feels even more cooler, you know. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! There's a there's definitely like a freedom and an empowerment to to all that for sure. And uh, I encourage the fuck out of people to to check out this record in full if they they dig what they heard on Please here. Please do. I will put all of the links in the episode notes, and I will also link to uh, Marcus's 
YouTube channel because those all three videos that are up there are are definitely worth checking out. And uh, yeah, shout out Alex for connecting us. And yeah, that's that's also very yeah. sick. Getting the <laughs> sneak peek on all this all this behind the scenes unused artwork yeah, right. from uh, from Marcus McCauley. And uh, yeah, that'll all be there. And uh, definitely check it out. We end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is, uh, it's a program. It's a program. He already said it. It's a program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he needs no instruction. He did the thing. No way. Um, links are in the episode notes, and we're going to play it out with uh, the title track from No One Cares from Hell Marcus yeah. McCauley. That's the Jelly Jams, and we will catch you on the flip side. Shout out Dan Cable. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah. That was so No one cares. You're all gone in the wind. No one cares. You're all gone in the wind. No one cares. I've been fine, at least, at least I'm trying to be. Think of the wise. Well, I ain't good at lying. Not worth it. Don't try to be, I think that's y'all IG story, showing dough But that's your brand, money, money for show You falsely flexing, this is kinda like muscle Bob with anchor arms, yeah Am I skinny yet? Am I looking good? Does it matter what I weigh? You starving, Marvin, just for looks You got it down to only two meals a day Change my outfit 20 times off just to attend and end up looking the same. I used to wonder, was I good enough? Now I know you probably feel the same way. Cause everybody seems to be, be on the Keep lying to y'all, I tried it, I'm tired of y'all Permanent butterfingers to your fake vibe you toss Fuck the cameras at, what's with the monologue All of your speeches rehearsed, and the tears rehearsed But for me it's reversed, I'm seeing through it all All the things I've seen encourage me to never speak to y'all Y'all, y'all, I still remember Around the winter, thinking December My nigga told me his nigga was buying money Counterfeiters, we think it's funny. We seem to they clashing hundreds. But look at me, you trolling. You are trolling. Y'all meant the logic and you know it. Y'all losing focus. Your way to blow it. You're trolling. You are trolling. Under the bridge, I'm getting over. I'm getting over. Smell what I say. No halitosis. You fucking poses. Everybody seems to be on the front. It seems like such a shame. No.
that was hella fun.